Ladies and gentlemen, there was no point in doing a show last Friday with the Stanley Cup being awarded within a couple of days. So we're back at her. We're cracking it right now. It's Tuesday afternoon. Jen, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? You know what? I cannot complain. Good old Halifax boy Alex Kalorn picked up a Stanley Cup last night as the Tampa Bay Lightning take down the Rick Bonus Dallas Stars. Wondering for you, I know you really didn't have a horse in the race, but which team would you have rather seen won that cup last night? Uh, I wanted to see Pavelski hoist the cup. So Dallas. Yeah, I would have. Uh, I wanted Dallas to at least push it to seven, make it entertaining. You know, see Rick Bonus win it. I had the opportunity to do a wedding at his place and get to talk to him face to face last summer. So a little bit of a personal connection there for a moment, but. You know, it was cool to see Stammer lift the cup. You know, Luke Shen, former Leaf, Curtis McElhaney, you know, those couple of players who played for Toronto. I mean, everybody's kind of butthurt online about it, but these guys go on and play in different teams. It happens all around the league. you got to be happy for them, especially with the fishbowl that is Toronto. If they get out and escape and have success, why not? Well, it's like I always say. I mean, when players leave your team, if you have, if you like them, you don't just stop liking them. You kind of want to see them do well wherever they go. I think that's normally that's how they normally should be. But I mean, some people think it's disrespectful to your team and blah 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 blah. Is there really rules to being a fan? If so, who wrote them? And let me speak to them because you know, <laughs> let people be fans of how they want to be fans. You know what I mean? No, I agree with you full heartedly. I think there is no rules to being a fan, but. I don't know. I think it varies from fan base to fan base. I mean, if you're a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, being a fan of the Montreal Canadiens or the Boston Bruins or, you know, any of those teams of that ilk, even the Flyers to some degree, um, may catch you a lot of flack. But for the most part, I think you'd be respectful and cordial of most. And when you guys are playing each other, that's when you can show your true fan colors. But I mean, just per se, if Austin Matthews left Toronto and went to Boston. I mean, I'd still want to see Matthews do well, even though I say screw Boston every chance I get. You know, so it's just, you're right. That You can cheer for the player. You don't have to cheer, cheer for the name on the, the the front of the sweater. Exactly. So the season's now all wrapped up, and kudos to the NHL for doing the bubbles in both cities. No positive test results. Everybody stayed healthy. Everybody was good to go. Um, kudos to all the cleaning staff and everybody who put it on and you know took time away from their families to be involved in that huge concessions made by a lot of people and of course the players as well so tip of the cap for doing it right and getting it done safely now we turn our attention to next season and there's one thing that came out and i'll ask you before i even get into that point um where do you see next season falling in the calendar do you see it this year or do you see it on your birthday like you said for next year so hard to say like one day it's happening now I mean you've got players are able to skate in small groups come October second week of October I believe October 12th <laughs> teams can skate in groups of 12 <clears throat> excuse me so yeah so I mean October November by them doing that it looks like they could be gearing towards the December start but they still haven't figured out if they're gonna do um, division bubbles or if they're just gonna you know go back to normal like it's there's still so many uncertainties so well, it's really hard to say I'll throw the the cold water on the bubble the NHL players and this players association 
have already said that they will not do any type of bubble. It was hard enough doing this, and they will not agree to another one. They would rather a stoppage than go into another yeah. bubble. So there That's was what a, I said when the, when was mentioned. I think we talked about it. Yeah. I said the players won't agree to that at all. So there was an interesting tidbit brought out, and this is the point that I was going to say a couple moments ago on the Steve Dangle podcast. And now this is very detailed for just throwing, you know, spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks. Adam Wilde came out with the uh, the theory that the NHL isn't going to start until maybe February, March-ish. And the reason why is they're going to do a World Cup of Hockey and get everybody tuned up and ready to go. And just how detailed he went into it. And I, I implore everyone to go listen to that soundbite because it was very detailed for just something that you're pulling out of your arse and saying, oh, this is what I think might happen. It sounded like it was something that was maybe bantied about. And those guys have connections for what it's worth, and they do talk to people within the industry. So, you know, it's not just something that came off the top of the head. And no, I got... no, no, I'm fairly certain the NHL stole my idea because I was the one that pitched the two bubble cities, two conferences, months before they even mentioned it. So but <laughs> they're listening. Though they, they listen. They listen to all different ideas, and it seems like, and I've been listening to the last few 31 Thoughts again, and it seems like the things that we talk about just seem to be ahead of what they're talking about. Not that we're any better than Elliot and Jeff Merrick and all them, but it's everybody spitballing about the same stuff, so we're on the right page, which is good to hear. But I look at this, and I say, okay, you want to do a World Cup of Hockey? Fine. No problem. I'll buy into that. I like the World Cup of Hockey. It's great. And it would absolutely feed into the reason why the NHL wants to do the draft this weekend coming, uh, or sorry, on the Monday and the Tuesday, because you want to get those young players drafted, so when you do that young gun team, the Team North America again, you have all those players already drafted and in the NHL and NHL property, so you can have them play on that team, and I mean I know I'm going out there and I'm saying this is you know pie in the sky, tinfoil hat kind of stuff, but if you have those ducks in a row and those players are property of an NHL franchise, then you can use them in your NHL World Cup tournament. Then, you also have free agency happening on the 9th. So then you can also market whatever said player, big name, you name it, Taylor Hall, Tori Krug, Angelo, whoever, if they go to a different market, you can market that a little bit too and keep the machine going. Hey, look at the new Boston Bruin player or look at the new... New York Ranger defenseman Alex Petrangelo. You know, you look at these things, they all seem to fit, and then you put that after the World Juniors, you have everybody hyped up about repping their country, then you slide into a World Cup of Hockey, and then you do right after that, go into training camp, go into the season, bada boom, bada bing, everything lines up perfectly. Then you have Seattle coming in, expansion draft, normal draft, and away we go, normal season next year. It could fit. And it looks like a bunch of Lego blocks going together. And if you look at it in your mind, it fits in the calendar perfectly. Okay, so wait, let me let me clarify. So no hockey until March, and we do a World Cup, mm-hmm. and then we start again in October. You well, it would be the way I look at it. So you do a World Cup of hockey. So when's the World Juniors end? Probably the tenth of January. Yeah, something like that. So you already have your two hub cities set up in Toronto and Edmonton. So you house whatever team and whatever teams. Group A, Group B, and then you have your championship round, wherever city you want to put it in after that. There's your World Cup cities already done. You're going to have both groups play out of their own venue until the point where they have to merge. Same thing they did with the Stanley Cup. And then you go into your season. And why I say February, March-ish is the reason is you're looking probably at a 40-game, 42-game season. 
So oh, so they're still talking about having a half season. Oh, it's going to be a half season. Absolutely. Oh, that, I, what I heard was like no hockey, just a tournament. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. In October. No, like, no, 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 no. No, they'll start they'll start they'll do the regular season. It'll be a 40-42 game season and then you'll be into your playoffs and all that stuff. It'll be a normal seeding playoffs too. It won't be any of this 24 team knockout single elimination do whatever you yeah. want, get excited shit. It'll be the normal way we're used to it. And if you look at all of those things, if you look at everything I just said, it does seem that it could logically fit and it would fill the voids for hockey for each different thing. Because now yeah, you go... Yeah, Gary Batman go for it? Because he's known to not be a fan of the World Cup. He's the one who created the World Cup. It's the NHL World Cup. It's uh-huh. like it's well, like the one we had a few years ago where the NHL put it on. And that's why you had Team North America and Team Europe. So if the NHL is putting it forward, that's why I said you have to have the draft ASAP to get these young players on an NHL team so they're property of the NHL franchise. So the, the World Cup would only have players from the NHL. Yeah, that's what the World Cup did so last year. Well, would have three. I know, I, I went to it last year. I'm just trying to make sense of it. So there'd be Canada would have three teams then? No, Canada would have their one team like last time. And so it'd be like Canada, US, the North American team, World North American All-Stars, or whatever they were called. The exciting Europe. team. And Europe, Sweden, Finland, Russia. Just like last time, it'll be the same same makeup. I know that's what they'll do because there isn't a strong contingent from the European markets to have separate teams like a Slovakian team or a German team or anything like that. There's not enough players, right? So what you, was the age for the for the team North America? Do you remember? I think it was a, a, a under age 22. I can look it up. I think it was 22 or below. How old's Connor McDavid? Connor McDavid would not be on that team. He'd so be, he'd be on Team Canada. He'd be on Team Canada. I'm all over that. The the Athletic already did um, a mock up of what Team Canada would look like, um, and it's out there already. I can look that up as well. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a supporter of the Athletic. <laughs> a lot of the stuff I read is just out of left field. Primarily from Pittsburgh, anyway. <clears throat> just trying to see... Do, do, do. Oh, I can imagine. I could probably do it myself. Yeah, I'm not good looking. I'm no, I'm no Jamie and I'm no uh, Jesse Blake, that's for sure. Hey, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. It doesn't say anything about age. Uh, what's a, what age? 23, 23, 23 and below. Oh, so that would. Connor's not 24. Connor. <laughs> McDavid is. He is 23 in January. He'd be 24, so he'd miss the cutoff if they did it just after that. Uh, they uh, it would. Like I said, it fits all the pieces, it checks all the boxes, it makes everybody happy. But at the same time, I'd rather have more NHL hockey. But you look, and I said this to uh, Jillian today online, you know, everybody's still clamoring for the December 1st start date. How in the world are you going to start your season with the way the states is popping off with coronavirus and then the way yeah. that Ontario and Quebec and uh, West here in Canada is starting to come ablaze again with it. You can't say, oh, we're going to start in December and not be able to play in some of these traditional markets. Or, even worse, one person said, well, you'd have to find temporary homes for the seven Canadian teams and have them play somewhere in the States like the Blue Jays did. 
and I'm not for that either. I mean, I want them over here, as selfishly as that sounds. I want it to be normal if it's going to be normal, you know. So I look at that and I say, the like you were saying just a few moments ago, I, I don't think the players will go for a bubble, but you may yeah. have to have divisional bubbles with breaks somewhere in there where they go and they can be with their family or whatever it is. They can go home for a week or two weeks and then come back. They have to make some sort of concession and figure this out because I don't think without a vaccine and without everything being set the way that it should be for each you know, province and state with their cases going down to where it's manageable, I don't see it being able to be done with fans, A, which is what the small market need, teams need for revenue, and B, I don't see you being able to travel be, between Canada and the States. So it's just going to be a whole messy shit show. You know what they have to do? They have to come up with a device. Do you remember the movie I Am Legend? I do. With Will Smith? Yep. How they scan the eyes to see if the person's infected immediately on the spot? They need to come up with a thing where they can test someone for COVID right there on the spot. If they don't have it, welcome to the arena. You get to stay. And then yeah. they don't have to worry about anything else. I wish we you know? had that. That would be amazing. And maybe they're working on those things. I know they're working for, I think it's now a five-minute rapid response test. Um, it's There's a company here in, in Nova Scotia actually waiting for government approval to be able to put that out there. But it's not getting the golden stamp. But, I mean, there's so many things that have to happen before the season starts. All I'm doing is saying I think the season isn't going to start until February, March. And I think we'll have some sort of World Cup of Hockey to satiate the need for hockey. Yeah. Let me ask you, are you going to get the vaccine when it comes out? Nope. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> See, and, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'll get my vaccines and that's no problem. But you'll be damned to catch me getting the first wave of the vaccine. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I don't even get flu shots. never have. I got asthma and I'm supposed to and I'm hit or miss. And when my grandmother was alive, she, you know, drilled it into my head because I was living under her roof that I needed to have one. And, you yeah. know, I, I understood why and I understand the risks of why I, if I don't, then I'm basically just being a jackass, but it's okay. I'll take my own well, shit in yeah, my own hands. Yeah, it looks like our immune systems, our immune systems are, are developed to fight off mild viruses. So I think vaccines, like, I, I new vaccines are just scary. Like, I'm not a guinea pig or a lab rat, you know? I'm with you on that. No, I, I, I won't go first wave. And it's the same thing. And if anybody thinks that I'm being silly, I'll say it like this. I'm the same guy that won't buy a first wave when a new video game console comes out either. I won't buy it when it first comes out because there's bugs and problems with it. So if you're looking at some sort of vaccine that's being concocted to fight a disease, how many different kinks are in that thing that haven't been really worked out and it's been rushed through trials to get into people? So I'll, yeah, exactly. uh, I'll reserve my judgment until everybody else starts taking it and either turns into a zombie or doesn't. I know I don't know. Well, it's like how many medicines get repurposed, you know? Like any, any anxiety medicines that were used 20 years ago are now being used for sleep pills because mm -hmm. they didn't work. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah. well. No, there's all kinds. But, hey, the good thing is now the season is done and teams are starting to, to move and shake. And if you're looking online, I see the fact that the Boston Bruins are looking to trade Tory Krug's rights before free agency. And I'm all for it. I want to see Boston falter. But where do you think... If you were a, a person looking, where do you think a player like Tory Krug would end up? Jesus. That's tough. Because there's all kinds of big names now that are going to move. Like Taylor Hall, I don't think he's staying in Arizona. It doesn't look like Peter Angelo is staying in uh, St. Louis, and it sounds like Vegas is the team that's going to land him, which means Vegas is then going to have to make moves. 
we see the Tampa Bay Lightning, who just won the Cup, are now up against it cap-wise out of the Chicago Blackhawks in 2010. So they're going to have to move some pieces out. So there's going to be teams being able to get some good players at good value there. Um, <clears throat> and then you have the threat of an offer sheet, too. Oh, free agency should be fun. I can't wait. I can't wait for free agency, <laughs> but I can't wait to see what the teams that are dead smack against the cap are going to do. They like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Toronto has got wiggle room, which is weird because everybody seems to think they're pooched against the cap, but they're not. They can go and sign Petrangelo and still be under that 10% you're allowed to be in the offseason, which if it stretches till March, it gives you all kinds of wiggle room to make deals. Do you still want him? On, on no, I told you guys last week, I don't want him on the Leafs at all. I not. No, I yeah. shouldn't say that. Hang on, let me, let me clarify. I would love a player <laughs> of his ilk, but at 9 or $9.5 million a year, no, I would rather you go sign a TJ Brody and a Chris Tanev or whoever out of these other players that are available that are serviceable D-men that have been great for whatever team they play for forever long and shore up your entire D-Corps. Does he give them what they need, a right-hand defenseman to play with Morgan Riley? Yes. Does he become that stalwart that you can count on every single night? Yes. But there's only one of him, and if he gets hurt or he gets knocked out of the lineup or for whatever reason anybody else falters around him, what do you have as backup to replace him? Nothing. Yeah, there's always there's always, always the chance that he just doesn't work. He just doesn't work. He doesn't fit the team dynamic. And he ends up ca- like ca- causing more harm than he does good, you know? You gotta remember, ego's a, a big thing in hockey. And, and some players' egos, they, they don't mesh. And it ends up being pretty ugly for well, everyone involved. That's why I said for the Leafs, I think it'd be smarter to shore up your entire D-Corps than just go get one guy. You go get those two guys, whether it's a TJ Brody, uh, Rackel Gudis, Brandon Dillon, whoever, Mark Bowicki, whatever you're going to get, and you shore up your D, you know, your right hand, your left hand, and then you, you're able to have a guy like Rasmus Sandin ride bottom minutes and develop him properly and bring him along as a young guy. And then you have those guys. But if you go and spend the 9.5 on... Alex Petrangelo, you have to move out players like Andreas Janssen and Alexander Kerfoot, or you know, everybody's going to freak, but I'm not saying do this, but a William Nylander and uh. you, you, you can't, but when does it start to be a subtraction up front for what you're gaining on the back end Toronto, and I talked to Gus Casaros, which will, that'll drop this week he said on the front end what Toronto wants to do is be that front heavy team, which they are and they want to have D that can move the puck out and get the transition game going. And right now, they don't have enough of that. So you go yeah, find those I gotta, guys. I got a, I got a, a trade offer for you. Oh, God. Here we go. Let's go. By the way, by the way, in my phone, in my phone, under contacts, you are actually underneath GM Sheffield. Nice. I like that. So, so <laughs> just, just so you know, that's the seriousness that's on this. You might be deleting that title in a minute, but... Uh, <laughs> Here's a thought. I'm going to give you Matt Kapanen, and Jack Johnson, Jesus. for William Nylander. And you know what, heck, I'll even give Matt Murray. So you get Matt Murray, Kapanen back, Jack Johnson, and we get Nylander. Do it. Let's make it happen. See, <laughs> well, see, it's a lot of moving parts in that. See, there would have to be... If I was Kyle Dubas, there would have to be a deal in place for Freddie Anderson for me to get some sort of good return on the investment there. Kapanen coming back is, it is what it is. We know what Kapanen is on the Leafs. 
Um, you're just getting rid of the shun puppy we sent you and sending him back. And then you're giving us a boat anchor in Johnson, which I think on his way to Toronto, he may uh, end up falling on a crowbar and end up on Robida Island on the LTIR, giving us more cap space. But... Um, take it. <laughs> I think there'd be more sweetening of the pot on that one. I mean, you look at William Nylander. If, if William Nylander played a full season... He would have been, I believe, in the top 15 in goals in the NHL, if not higher. And points percentage, he would have been pretty high as well. Yeah, he's, he's one of my favorite players in the league. And he's only, you know, and everybody balks at this, but $6.9 million, and everybody's barking at how Braden Point makes this money as the same as, um, as Willie Nylander. And it's like, well, hold on, Braden Point wasn't Braden Point when he signed that deal. You know, so same thing with Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon wasn't the Nathan McKinnon we see right now when he signed the deal with Colorado. So I think you got to stop trying to compare apples to apples because different players, different pedigree, and they weren't on the same trajectory as Willie. They are now, they're way better. So I don't know. I don't know. But no, I would not do your deal. Damn it. Okay, you know what? I'll even give you Evgeny Malkin. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Tor- Toronto would, would take that deal and run, and then they'd repurpose Malkin in another trade. <laughs> Just load up the whole team. Get rid of everyone. Well, <laughs> hey, your GM's doing that right now. Oh, I have God. no idea what Pittsburgh... Uh, listen, there must be something he's going to do in free agency. And maybe he's bringing in a Chris Tanev. And maybe you're going to bring in all the, the guys I was talking about and fill up. And, uh, you know, stack that decor. And you guys will go on a nice little run with Murray, Jari, and DeSmith. Who knows? Who knows, but man, right now it doesn't look good. And the Horkvist thing, I, I, and listen, Ugh. I love the fact that he threw his gear outside. It was probably just to air it out, but hilarious. No, just he the, made a statement. He's never done that before in his, in, in his driveway, right? It's usually, <laughs> if he's doing it, it's in his backyard, okay? It happens right after he gets traded. And I mean, it's the NHL. They have people to deal with their equipment. So it's kind of like... It was a statement. Yeah, sure, he was drying out his clothes, but it, or his, his gear, but it was a statement. It was a statement, and I don't care what anyone else says. Everyone freaking out about it, him drying it out. Yeah, he was doing that, but by him putting it in the front, he was making a statement. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I love that kind of stuff. And I was talking to Ken Reed about peeling back the curtain on guys, right, and and getting that inside look and and stuff like that without being invasive. And that's what you get right there. Okay, that was just a, a photograph that was taken. And we all get to, to chew on the juicy bone because it's so much meat on it right there. It's so delicious that that happened and everybody gets excited. And now he goes to Florida. Florida wants him absolutely great. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. It just wasn't handled well. Like, for him to be blindsided, and he was clearly hurt. Yeah. I mean, you don't do that to your players. It's not – like, players don't want to – if I were a player and I'm looking at this happen, transpiring with Hornquist, I'm not looking to want to make any deals with Jim Rutherford. You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't treat players like that, especially players that, you know, helped you win two cups. And more so, Hornquist is one of the best players at putting pressure on the net, and we've lost that now. Like, he's a goalie's nightmare. And he, his, 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 his role just in that alone was so important. So, so important. Keep him on the third line. Let him do what he does. In all actuality, he was the only player that showed up for every game in the playoffs for us this year. 
Yeah. Passion played. He played hard. I'm so you know what though. From personal experience, I I, I know how he feels. And uh, I think it was done ugly, and it was a bad idea. And I don't care what they bring in, it's not going to replace. It's it was, they put a huge hole in that team. Yeah, no, they definitely did. And you know what? I want to I want to give kudos to a GM, Bill Guerin. Um, it was said on 31 Thoughts podcast that Eric Stahl was caught off guard by the trade, found out on social media, and he actually sought out Elliot Friedman and called him and said, hey, listen, I want you to next episode say this because it's not true. I reached out to Eric Stahl minutes after we finalized the deal. He knew from me and not on social media, and that's not fair. To go back to what you just said about the Jimmy Rubberthard thing, you know, you want to be an honorable GM. You want people to respect you. And you want to be well-liked by players because you want players to talk to you during free agency and you want players to want to come to your team and work with you. So I thought that was very classy by Bill Guerin just to, to stamp that out and be like, hey, listen, no, 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 that did not happen. And here's what did happen. I'd like you to fix this immediately. And, I, and that's why pencils have erasers, right? And I like those exactly. things. I like I like when guys step up and say, no, no, you know, because you could let that go. It's, it's a nothingness, right? It's a... As most of us say, we're on a podcast, we're, we're talking about things that either haven't happened, will happen, or our opinion on something that did, and, you know, for him to go and say that or, or come after that, that was wicked, and I like that stuff because it shows he cares, and you look at a guy like Bill Guerin, or, and I'm going to say this too, even Kyle Dubas, the way they go for their players, whether it's their player or anyone else's, you know, they make sure they take care of their guys, and I look at Dubas when it went from Muzzin, you know, in the playoffs, he went to the hospital with him. He made sure he was okay. He stayed with him. And same thing with Mikheyev. When he slit his wrist, he stayed in New Jersey with him, stayed at the hospital, you know, right by his bedside the whole entire time, the whole entire trip. So those things speak volumes of GMs, and you don't hear a lot about that stuff. But when it gets out there, players take notice. They listen because they yeah. want that kind of relationship. And that goes back to what happened with me when I talked to Jamie McCowan. He said the same thing. When he came into the league, you know, he was out of college, and he had a bunch of teams coming after him, but he went after Calgary and sat down, and, you know, he was talking to Fletcher and all those guys at a backyard party, and he said it was like family. You know, they took care of you. They watched after you. They made sure everything was good. They looked in on you. Hey, is everything going well, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a family-type thing, and it goes back to what you said, you know, about chemistry. That's how you create that chemistry. That's how you create the whole, not just for the, the players on the ice, but behind the bench and in the management, if everybody's on the same page, it rolls so much better. Well, exactly. And that's why you got the team uh, players that look at, like you said, um, teams to go play with. Like, they, they want to know that they're going to be taken care of and respected. I mean, it's a big commitment that they, they put up playing hockey, right? Um, jeopardizing family life and whatnot. And I don't care if people say, oh, but millions of dollars. Money is nothing people it really isn't so many rich people aren't happy i'm just going to throw that out there but i mean if you want to have a good functioning club you want to have good relationships and players coaches lose a room all the time gms lose a room all the time and once you've lost that the players have lost you it's really hard to come back from that it's actually damn near impossible so kudos to the gms and coaches out there that take care of their players no, it, it goes a long way, and like I said, it goes a long way on dates like free agency and things like that. 
I'm getting pretty excited though, Jen. I, I told everyone, you know, the draft and free agency for me, I'm like Christmas Day. I usually book the day off work for their, you know, uh, you know, free agency day or trade deadline day. I want to be able to look and watch everything that goes on. So I can't wait for this weekend coming up, and I want to drop it right here, right now. I don't know. Kyle will be with us on Friday. Um, if he's not, you know, this is going to be one he's going to be sad to miss. We have uh, Mark Seidel joining us Friday to break down the, the NHL draft, look at players, what teams might be doing, what noise and news he's hearing. Um, he's a, basically a North, a North American Central Scout. Um, he works with the, I believe it's the, oh, I forget what team it is in the OHL. I think it's either the Sarnia Sting or, um, oh, I can't, it's, it's escaping me right now. It's, it's Tuesday afternoon, folks, after a crazy day. Leave me alone. But anyways, Mark Seidel... <laughs> He's huge with the draft. He's a very insightful on in all the young players. Um, you know, teams reach out to him, players reach out to him. So he's got huge insight. He's joining us on Friday on the show, and we're going to do a draft show and just break it all down and figure it all out. I can't wait for that. Um, Jen, for you, anything that's gone on in the NHL in the past week you want to break right now or talk about right now before we jump off? Uh, uh, you know what I really liked how uh, last night um, after the Tampa the Tampa Bay Lightning won in the presser, the coach, uh, John Cooper, brought out uh, his whole staff. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be interviewed unless all the staff was up there with him. Well, it's not a one-man band, and I like the way it, it goes back to what you said about uh, the whole family thing, right? Yeah. It's not a one-man show, no matter whether it's a player, a coach, or GM. Everybody has their fingerprints on it, and they all need to be kudoed and talked to and this goes into this i mean he's not the only one making all the choices right he leans on people and that's that's what a good staff does for one another so uh, let me ask you this now i love steve stamkos mm-hmm. but you're steve stamkos right now and you barely played the season and you played for two minutes in one game in the in the, the stanley cup playoffs yeah you scored a goal but like do you do you feel like this is really your cup win <laughs> you know what um i will say yes and the reason why is is no. for, for so many seasons that you go into the battle and you go into it and you're there. And he was he was with the team. He just couldn't get his body wouldn't let him play. And it goes back to what we said a few episodes ago about him being glass. You know, he, he just is. And maybe this maybe this should be his moment where he sails off into that sunset. And I was getting beaten down by people today for that take. But I think it's his body can't take the rigors. <clears throat> and you won your cup. You know, you celebrate with your teammates. You got on the ice. You scored a goal during the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, it, it may have been a momentum swinger for that team, you know, with, with that goal and him coming back and being on the bench for that game. But I don't know. I, I do think that this uh, that's one he should celebrate. He's the captain of that team. I mean, they, they had the, uh, the heartbreaking loss last year. Um, you know, they missed the playoffs a couple seasons ago. But, you know, now the Toronto Maple Leafs have the blueprint. You know, they... They've lost to the Bruins. They've lost to uh, Columbus out of Tampa Bay, and now they uh, yeah, but need Tampa to go. Bay won without Stamkos. Is my point. Yeah. They, they they did this. It, he Stamkos wasn't the deciding factor. He wasn't the deciding all factor at all. But at, at the same time, it's the same. Th- I'll, I'll put it like this. So the same thing happens to the Toronto Maple Leafs with John Tavares. John Tavares, for whatever reason, his wrist. He can't play. Can't play. Can't play. Gets into a game, you know, and then wins the cup. Or I'll even say Jumbo Joe. Same thing with Jumbo Joe. Jumbo Joe just old. Knees give out on him. Easy. Can only get into the Stanley Cup final maybe for a shift, just like Stammer, and that's all he can do. And then he has to park it for the rest. Are you going to take away? I don't think jo- we can compare 
Sam Coase and, and Joe Thornton. Uh, I'm just saying it's the same thing, though. It's the same thing. <laughs> Jumbo Joe has gone through so much. So when they find, when his team, whatever team he's on, finally wins that cup. It's, he's it, also been in the league twice as long as Sam Coase. Uh, not twice as long. Sam Coase is in his uh-huh. 30s. <laughs> but I mean, I don't even know. Stamkos is what thirty? Just turned. Steven Stamkos is probably. I would say we'll do a bet right. Or we'll do a little thing right now. I say I haven't looked it up yet. I say Steven Stamkos is thirty-two. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I don't know how old they are or stuff like that. I'm guessing he's. Oh no, it's Sean Traveris that just turned thirty. Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, he did. I just, I just see what happens on Twitter. I really don't know. I'll just stick with, uh, let's say, 31. Just waiting for the good old community internet to work here. I love being on break and doing this kind of stuff. Not. <laughs> you love it. Don't lie. Hey, it's nice to do podcasts when you're sitting and supposed to be working. So. <laughs> Steven Samkos. You just have to go to NHL.com. Is just your internet slow? Yeah, 30. I was right the first time. He is 30, and when does he turn 31? Just so I can feel like I'm a little bit right, too. That's funny. It changed my response from Steven Stamkos to Steven Podcast. Oh, you goddamn thing. And he is. This is this is great podcasting, folks. Podcasting one oh one right here. February, February he turns thirty one. So before the beginning of next season. February. That was February, baby. He's all February kids, man. Seven. Hey, two Aquarius. I'm the fourth. <laughs> Listen, if you if you want, I we'll reach out to Stammer, and you guys can celebrate the birthdays. Celebrate our birthday together with the Stanley Cup. We should have a party. That yeah. you stay with the Stanley Cup that you don't think that he should be hoisting. No, no, no. I don't like, it's oh. like for him himself. Like as an as as a, as an athlete myself, I've I've my team. I've watched my team go on a win without me, and though they included me in it, like baseball and whatever because of injuries. <clears throat> but I knew myself. I did not contribute to the win, so I didn't feel the win as though I would have if I was. It's just a different. It, this is on him himself. Does he deserve it? Of course he does. But I, it doesn't feel the same. Did he get? Here's here's my uh, my devil's advocate. Did he contribute to the Tampa Bay Lightning during the regular season to propel them into the playoff position they were in? Yes. So he did participate. No, he did get them. Twenty-four of thirty teams. <laughs> it, hey, doesn't matter. Listen, there is no <laughs> damn asterisk beside winning the cup. He is a captain. He won it. He earned it. He deserved it. And he was there being the greatest cheerleader you could ever be. There you go. And just so you know, Joe Thornton's 41. Well, you know what? So, okay, he's what? 10, he's been in the year 21 years, years. probably in the the NHL, 21 years. So, Sam Coase has probably been in there for 11 years because he came in when he was 19. So, but they're about half. You're right. So, double. Double the amount of time. Yeah. All right. You know what? It's just Jen's winning right now. That's okay. I'm saying she doesn't know. That's okay. Like ages. That's all, that's all right. Listen, <laughs> when, when Jumbo Joe wins his cup with the Toronto Maple Leafs and he's not able oh, to play man. in the Stanley Cup final, I'm going to say, Jen, he, sh- he shouldn't be celebrating like he, you know, he deserves that. He shouldn't be celebrating. You didn't really earn no, I'll, that. I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be on your doorstep. <laughs> yeah, ready to fight. With something to say. <laughs> yeah. 
ready to fight at that point. I right, listen. It's it's different. It's 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 Jumbo Joe. No, no. It's no, I never said he didn't deserve it. I just said it feels different for the athlete that it's it's not fully his win. It's 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 a psychological thing. Like like I explained when you when you don't contribute to the final product. Oh, I got Okay, I got I got. I understand what you're saying now. It's just like today when we put out this episode, and Kyle will be attached to it, but he really didn't contribute to the episode, but he's still part of it. Yeah, oh, that's okay. a dig at you, Mister Outridge. Mister, have to <laughs> have to work my new job. Mister, I have to take important new job meetings. Mm-hmm. We see you. We see you. <laughs> Anyways, ladies Sorry. and gentlemen, the next episode of Offside Hockey Talk, we will have Mark Seidel on. We will be talking about the draft. We'll be having some fun. Of course, free agency kicks off right after that. Cannot wait for that Friday. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. And then this weekend, I'm going absolutely ghost. I will not be on anything. I will be disappearing as it is my fifth wedding anniversary, and I'm disappearing with the better half to celebrate. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But ladies and gentlemen, that is offside for today. Sorry there is no Mr. Outridge, but you have the better half of the show right here. So this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk. We'll be right back.